Holy Spirit. It's a four-week series because there's so much to cover. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's so much to cover, so we're super excited about that. You know, we're a Pentecostal church, right? We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we talk about and we preach about the events uh, in the book of Acts. You know, when Jesus instructed his disciples to not leave Jerusalem until they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them that you were baptized in water by John. You were ba- Who's been baptized in water? Not by John, but maybe by us or someone else. If you haven't been baptised and you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, that is your next step. It's so integral. It's so important. It's a public declaration as, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Saviour and it's part of your journey. And so I think we're having baptisms actually in in the next couple of months somewhere. Maybe some warm water we might find somewhere, uh, Craigie swimming pools or something. But if that's you, I really encourage you. But Jesus said to his disciples, you've been baptised in water by John and now you need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. He wanted them to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. When you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, you receive power. And he didn't want them to leave and go on their mission, which was to preach the gospel to the ends of this earth without this power. So important. When you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, you receive power. And in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Pentecostals love the day of Pentecost. And so we have to read it word for word because we just love it so much. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Sounds pretty full on, doesn't it? It's not what happened to me when I got baptised in the Holy Spirit. I actually went to have a lay down because I felt a little bit sick. But anyway, that's a separate story. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never heard. And so we see the baptism in the Holy Spirit of the disciples. We see them speaking in tongues, a heavenly language. And you know, this is available for every single believer. Every single, maybe not quite like that. Some people have that experience. Like I just said, I didn't. Uh, But it's available for every single believer. You know, when you come to know Jesus Christ, when you give your heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. You know, the Spirit of God is inside of you. But when you talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, generally it's a separate thing that takes place it can occur at the same time you give your heart to Jesus you do receive the Holy Spirit when you give your heart to Jesus but generally it's a separate event that takes place and so what happens then when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit you're fully immersed in the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's not just in you he's on you and all around you equipping you to do all that God has called you to do and every single person has been called to something on this earth it's not just specific for pastors or for uh, preachers or for worship directors every single person has been called to something specific and you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to walk in what God has called you to he empowers you to walk in all he has for you 
And so that's why Jesus didn't want the disciples to leave Jerusalem until they had this power. They had to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit and not in their own strength. And so if you've not been baptised in the Holy Spirit, my hope and prayer is that you will be by the end of this series. Amen? Amen. I hope that happens. But what I want to focus on this morning is being led by the Holy Spirit, listening to his voice in our everyday life and our everyday choices, our everyday decisions. You know, when you read about the disciples in the book of Acts, they were so in tune with the Holy Spirit, so in tune with the Holy Spirit. And to be honest, I've been challenged by this in my journey with God. You know, I've got my own ideas and thoughts and strengths and ways of doing things. Do you believe it? I do. And particularly in the last couple of months, you know, we've had to make some decisions fairly quickly as a church. We've had to make some quick decisions. And, and there's been times where I think I've got a plan and I think, yes, this is the decision we're going to make and this is the way we're going to do it. And then the Holy Spirit drops another thought. My initial reaction is, no, 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 no. This is a good plan. Holy Spirit, (laughs) this plan is going to work. This is what we should do. You know, I usually know it's the Holy Spirit because my first reaction is, I don't want to do it. (laughs) And what I find so annoying is it's generally the opposite of what I think we should do or the decision that I think we should make. And I feel like the things that I want to happen right now, there's things that I want to see, there's things I want to see outworked in this church and in my life and I want them to happen right now and the Holy Spirit says be patient. And the things that I want to stall on and I say, no, 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 let's just sit on this, let's pray about this, I, I say, that's what I say to the board members, let's just have a little think about this and decide next board meeting, the Holy Spirit, I want you to move now. I want you to make a decision right now. It's always the opposite. Do you guys find that or is it just me? Is it just me? And sometimes they're only small things and sometimes they're big things. The big things are scary. They're the things I like to stall on. But you know, once you've heard, you've heard. Once it hits your spirit, it's hit your spirit and you can't undo that. And then you have a choice. And your choice is disobedience or obedience. Disobedience or obedience. The flesh or the Holy Spirit. But you know something I know enough of and I think I've journeyed long enough in God is to know that his way is always better. (laughs) His way is always better. Do you hear that online this morning? Write it in the comments. His way is better. I feel like doing that myself. His way is better. We need to get that into us, don't we? His way is better. And you know what? My ways don't always work. In fact, my way led me into a ditch. Not that I'm calling adult and teen challenge a ditch, but it led me not to a good place. But even now, as I'm in ministry and making decisions, his way is always better. And for me, my challenge is, is slowing down long enough to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to have a voice, 
to not just rush ahead with what I think. That's my challenge, to slow down long enough to hear his voice. And I don't think I'm alone. Can anyone relate? I see nodding heads everywhere. I feel, I'm feeling good. I'm not in this alone. It's so good. You know, we can all just get used to getting on with it, can't we? You know, baby boomers, they're such hard workers. Who's a baby boomer? Not me. But we've got some baby boomers in the house. Maybe don't, they're not putting up their hands. But they, they, just, they just get on with it, don't they? And my parents taught me to be a hard worker. I learnt that off my parents. But sometimes that can work against us in the kingdom of God. We're too busy getting on with it to hear the voice of God. We're too busy making things happen. And some of us deliberately, don't put your hand up for this one, some of us deliberately keep ourselves busy and distracted so we don't hear the leading of the Holy Spirit or we don't want to hear it. Because when we've heard it, we've heard it. When it's hit your spirit, it's hit your spirit. And we don't want to feel guilty about being disobedient. So we're like, la, 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 la. I can't hear you. I'm doing this over here. Because I understand obedience and not disobedience. So I'm trying not to hear you. Because once I've heard you, I've heard you. And I don't want to feel guilty for being disobedient. Some of us aren't even aware that the Holy Spirit wants to be our guide in our everyday life. This is news to you this morning. He wants to be our guide in our everyday decisions, our everyday circumstances. He is a friend like any other friend. The Holy Spirit is your friend. He's our friend. He's my friend. And sometimes being your own boss or being a parent or, or being a, a manager or leading a team can get in the way of us being led. When you're a leader, and we're all leaders to some degree, you get used to leading. But that doesn't mean we ever stop following. It does not mean we ever stop following, that we ever stop being led. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another saviour, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me and he will never leave you. Ever had a friend that's left you? Ever had a friend that's betrayed you? This friend is not going to do that. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. The Holy Spirit is a friend that will never leave you. He will never betray you. He'll, he makes himself a home inside of you. How awesome is that? And the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we being hospitable? Wow. Wow. Are we being welcoming? Welcome team, the way you welcome people into our church, are you doing that with the Holy Spirit? Are we engaging with our friend that has made his home inside of us? And don't forget we invited him into that place in the first place, didn't we? Where it's not like he's come in and, and he's just, you know, um, you've invited him in. You've said, come and live in my heart. And he's made himself at home within your heart. Are you being... Are you engaging? Are you welcoming him? Are we treating our friend, the Holy Spirit, how we would treat our other friends? You know, if you ignored your friend, you wouldn't have any left, would you, Rob? I'm not saying you do that. 
you're far from that guy. I just feel like preaching to you. But would you? You wouldn't have any left if you just ignore them. And if you've got no friends right now, maybe you've been ignoring the ones you had. Yet many of us think it's okay to ignore the Holy Spirit or to override his promptings or to shut down his voice or to keep doing things our own way. You know, there's nothing worse than hanging out with a friend that just always wants to do what they want to do. You know, those friends are a little bit annoying. We always have to go where they go. We always have to do it their way. Is that how we are with the Holy Spirit? We grieve, we can grieve the Holy Spirit when we act and behave like that. You know, Paul, the apostle, uh, the apostle understood what it was to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, many times in the book of Acts we read where uh, he was directed um, to, to go somewhere and so he went there. And other times he wanted to go somewhere but the Holy Spirit said, no, I don't want you to go there. He, and he repeatedly tried to go to those places and he really wanted to go but the Holy Spirit forbade it and so he didn't go there. He was led by the Spirit of God in his ministry in his life, in his journey, in his everyday decisions. And Paul talks about living by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says this, Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursues what benefits themselves. Those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace so you can either be led by the flesh or you can be led by the spirit of God one brings death the flesh brings death and the spirit brings life and not just life life and peace who loves a little bit of peace in their life (laughs) give me more peace we read on in verse 7 in fact the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. You know, my initial reaction to the Holy Spirit's direction, I don't want to do it, let's do this instead, this is a really good plan. That's the flesh rising up. That, that, that's the, the fight against the flesh, the flesh rising up, wanting it to do it my way, how I think it should be done. And so we better get good at dying to the flesh. We better get good at dying to the flesh and being led by the Holy Spirit if we want to follow God's plan for our lives. Who wants to follow God's plan for their lives in Jesus' name? You know, as long as we're on this earth, there's always going to be a fight against the flesh till we go home. The flesh will continue to fight against the Spirit and it's our job to die to self, to die to flesh one decision at a time. It's an everyday conscious choice, moment by moment, day by day. Moment by moment, day by day. Die, flesh, die. (laughs) Romans 8.14 says this, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to be one of the mature children of God. Who wants to be considered a mature child of God? I'd rather be that. I don't want to fight God's plan. That sounds really silly. Really, if you think about it, it sounds silly. 
<laughs> yeah, it's dumb, Jacob says. I don't want to refuse his direction. That sounds even sillier. When we break it down like this, it does sound silly. I want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Give it to me any day. And the good news is that those that have accepted Jesus Christ are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every single person sitting here that's accepted Jesus Christ is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. Now Christ lives, now Christ lives his life in you and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. We're fully accepted by God. How awesome is that? Yes, God raised Jesus to life and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. Such good news this morning. The flesh has no claim on us at all. It doesn't claim us anymore. When we're in Christ, the flesh has no claim on us. We're not obligated to live by the flesh. And you know, I totally get, get that. And, and you may be the same. You know, before I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, I felt like I didn't have a choice. I felt like I always gravitated towards wrong choices. I gravitated towards doing the wrong thing. But after I gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I was being discipled, my mentor said to me, Mel, Mel Mel they called me, <laughs> you have a choice. You get to choose now. And, it was, and that just that, that comment, that, that, that truth that was spoken to me empowered me. We have been given the power to die to self. We're not helpless little individuals. We've been given the power to die to self. We've been given the power to die to our flesh. We've been given the power to die to our own thinking, our own mindsets, our own ways. We've been given this power. And sometimes, yes, it's still a struggle. I'm not taking away from that. There's still a struggle that takes place. And sometimes we're between the flesh and the spirit as Christians, aren't we? We're between the flesh. That's like when, the, you know, I've got my plan and we're going to do this and the Holy Spirit drops another thought. And we have that struggle. You know, when we give our heart to Jesus Christ, we move from being a sinner to someone that sometimes sins. We know we're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And so I want to read you uh, a story about Simon the sorcerer. Uh, Acts chapter 8 verse 9. Now, there was a man who lived there who was steeped in sorcery. For some time, he had astounded the people of Samaria with his magic, boasting to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest among them was dazzled by his sorcery, saying, this man is the greatest wizard of all. The divine power of God walks among, among us. For many years, everyone was in awe of him because of his astonishing displays of the magic arts. But as Philip preached the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm and the name of Jesus, the anointed one, many believed his message and were baptised, both men and women. Even Simon believed and was baptised, exclamation mark. <laughs> the gospel's for everyone, right? Whenever, wherever Philip went, Simon was right by his side 
astounded by all the miracles, signs and enormous displays of power that he has witnessed. You know, it's interesting to note that Simon performed his own miracles, yet he was astounded by the miracles and the great power of God. You know, nothing compares to the power of God. You know, witch doctors, you've got witch doctors and psychics and, and, and magicians that can do certain things and sometimes it's real. It is, it, it's real, it happens. Yet nothing compares to the miracles and the power of God. Simon did these amazing things, yet he was still astounded by these miracles. You know, everyone has access to faith believers and non-believers and that's what Simon was operating in a different realm he was operating on that but only the believer has put their faith in God has access to the faith of God and when you have the faith of God it's limitless his power is incredible that is good news we read on in verse 14 when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life They sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. So you can see again, it's a separate uh, occurrence, a separate thing, I don't know what to call it, a separate event uh, that takes place. As soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers one after another and the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. When Simon saw how the Holy Spirit was released through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he approached them and offered them money, saying, I want this power too. I'm willing to pay you for the anointing that you have so that I also can lay my hands on everyone to receive the Holy Spirit. Peter rebuked him and said, your money would go with you to destruction. How could you even think that you could purchase God's supernatural gift with money you will never have this gift or take part in this ministry for your heart is not right with God repent this moment for allowing such wickedness to fill you plead with the Lord that perhaps he would forgive you the treachery of your heart for I discern that jealous envy has poisoned you and bind you as a captive to sin and Simon begged Peter please pray to God for me plead with him so that nothing you just said may Uh, said over me may come to pass interesting story right (laughs) even though Simon was a believer and had been baptized he was still struggling with old mindsets wasn't he he uh, with the old ways of doing things he was still dominated by the flesh He, he got saved he got baptized but he was still being dominated by the things of the flesh by his sinful nature he was struggling with jealousy and envy I mean, all at times we struggle with these things. You know, it doesn't mean just because you're a believer now, it doesn't stop coming up against you. He was thinking he could use the world's way, the world's system to achieve things, to connect with the things of God. You know, it was common for magicians to buy tricks of each other. You know, they brought brought tricks off each other. And he was thinking, gee, I can do the same thing here. It was an old way. It was an old mindset and it's an old way of thinking, thinking he he could do that to buy the anointing to buy the supernatural gift, the power of God. He was trying to put old wine in new wineskins. You know, you got the old ways into the new ways. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit, and we all deal with it at times. Yet, we have the power to be led by the Holy Spirit. The power to choose to be obedient. And I love Simon's response when he was corrected and rebuked by Peter. It wasn't one of defiance and rebellion. 
was it? It, it? it was one of repentance. You know, there's something so inspiring about a person that receives correction well. You know, they take ownership when rebuked or corrected. They, they admit their wrongs, they repent, and then they continue on in the things of God. Uh, you know, I look at those that I've journeyed alongside and where correction have, has been brought or rebuke has been had and, uh, and, and, and where they've received it well and they've continued on in the things of God. And, and I look at them now and they're doing incredible things for God. And I look at those where uh, correction has been brought and, and they're offended, they're hurt, they're angry, they've left the church. And, and I look at some of their lives now and they're still dealing with the same issues, still going around and around and around and around the same mountain. You know, uh, Peter taught Simon a massive lesson that day. You know, you know the, God puts pastors and leaders and people in your life sometimes to bring correction and rebuke. And, you know, if all you got was encouragement... If all you got was encouragement, then you're either perfect, and we know you're not, because <laughs> no one is, or someone is ripping you off, yeah, wow. or someone is ripping you off, because we need both. We need encouragement, and we need correction. It's so important that we have it as a whole. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. That's the purpose of it, to lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Not because the person hates you, not because they're out to get you. It's because they're trying to help you, lead you into the path of godliness. We can't be trying to put new wine into old wineskins. We can't be trying to do things our way or how we think it should be done when God has a better way. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And sometimes it's a certain way for a season, isn't it? And then God wants to do something entirely new. You know, in um, Isaiah 43:19, it says, I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and grows and matures. Don't you perceive it? It doesn't mean what was being done before was wrong. It just means that God's moving into something new now and we better move with him. He says, don't you perceive it? It's growing, it's maturing. Do you not perceive it? Are you in tune? Are you ready to move with me in the Holy Spirit for what God's got next? Amen? You know, something I've learned in God is that it's so important to be flexible. Flexibility, because he moves quickly sometimes. We're doing one thing. And then he's like, I'm doing something new. You know, again, when I was being discipled down at uh, Teen Challenge, uh, they give you character qualities. And so you've got to study a character quality and you've got to uh, know the definition, you've got to write it out and you've got to, um, and you do this big study on character qualities. And I think there's about 52 of them and they're awesome. But I got given the uh, character quality flexibility. <laughs> But the thing is, is I didn't get it just once. I think they gave it to me like three or four times. <laughs> and I think you're only meant to get a character quality once and then move on to the next one. But they just kept, it's like, it's, something's not getting through with this chick. <laughs> 
Uh, they just kept giving me the same character quality, flexibility. But I praise God that they did that because I tell you what, I've needed it like never before, particularly in the last two or three months, amen? Flexibility. Can you not perceive what God's doing? When God is moving, the Holy Spirit, we need to learn to go with him. It's not let's get stuck in our ways and, and your feet are like stone and cement. Does that even make sense? But you've got to learn to go with him. And so the challenge is to slow down long enough to hear the voice of God, to allow the voice of the Holy Spirit a place in your life, to interact with the Holy Spirit with your everyday decisions, your everyday circumstances, your everyday challenges. The book of Acts, what have we got here? I love the story about uh, directly after Simon the sorcerer, Uh, in the book of Acts about Philip. Now, Philip wasn't one of the original disciples either. You know who Philip was? He was part of the catering team. Catering team? We're about to... This is Philip. It was an amazing guy. He was part of the catering team. He served meals to the people and he was so incredibly in tune with the Holy Spirit. There you are, the head of the catering team. There you are. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. So, he, so Philip's, so you've got the, we read about Simon the sorcerer and then he's, Philip's arrived back in Jerusalem, so he's just got back there. You'd think, oh, I'll put my feet up, have a week off, <laughs> have a little rest, I've been ministering, you know, everywhere. But no, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his assignment obedient straight away he heard the spirit and he obeyed along the way he encountered an Ethiopian who was riding in his chariot and Acts 8 verse 29 says this the Holy Spirit said to Philip go and walk alongside the chariot go and walk alongside the chariot and so that's what Philip did and if you read on the Ethiopian ends up getting saved and then they see a pool of water by the roadside and uh, Philip said to the Ethiopian if you really believe that Jesus is Lord of your life then let's get baptized we'll baptize you right now and so he baptizes the Ethiopian in the pool of water along the roadside and so the Ethiopian gets saved and baptized and so we see here such a small simple instruction go and walk alongside the chariot Go and walk alongside the chariot, how this led to these amazing miracles. Philip was so in tune with the Holy Spirit. He allowed the Holy Spirit to have a voice. He was led by the Holy Spirit. And so, and then we see these miracles take place. And the question is, is are you that in tune with the Holy Spirit? Am I in tune that in tune with the Holy Spirit? Have you allowed enough margin in your life to hear from him? Are you travelling at a pace in your life where, where you would be able to hear the Holy Spirit say to you, go and walk alongside the chariot? And we might not hear that, <laughs> go walk alongside the chariot. That would be a little bit weird in our day, correct? But are you travelling at a pace where you'd hear the Holy Spirit say something like, go and talk to that person? Go and serve in that area. Go and give to God's house. Go and say sorry to your husband or your wife, even though you think you're in the right. (laughs) Have you given the Holy Spirit enough room to say that to you? (laughs) 
go and encourage your co-worker who you had a bit of a barney with last week or yesterday. Go and start that course that I've been wanting you to start. Go and forgive that person. Are we travelling at a pace in our lives where we can hear these simple, small instructions, go and walk alongside the chariot? Or do you shut down and ignore and push down and push aside the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Or you hear him but you can't bear to do it his way. You've heard him but you just can't bear to do it his way. You know, you want to be in control. You're so fearful not to be. Jacob read me out something the other day. Generally, when he reads me out something, I know he's saying to me, you need to get this. (laughs) I'm on to you, by the way. But this is what he read to me. Uh, And if we can have the keys or guitar, whoever's coming up, that'll be great. This is what he read to me. You, he didn't write this, he he was, it was a quote. (laughs) You are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control. But you never had control All you had was anxiety. I thought it was good too. We think we're in control, but are we really? We're so afraid to surrender to the Holy Spirit, but we know intellectually His way is better. I need to be obedient, but still we hold on so tightly. Have you allowed enough space in your life for the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Are you afraid of losing some sort of perceived control? Are you trying to put old wine into new wineskins? Are you trying to do things your way that you push out and ignore your friend, the Holy Spirit? Remember, this is a friend that's never going to let you down, never, ever going to betray you. For those that have been betrayed by a friend, you know how it feels. It hurts. It cuts deep takes a long time to heal this friend will never do that we can trust this friend this friend always has your back this friend won't lead you astray you know those friends you know especially when you get out of rehab you're like right I need to get rid of all my friends actually and start journeying over here by myself this friend will not lead you astray this friend won't rip you off This friend you can always trust. This friend has the best intentions for you. You ever worry about people's intentions sometimes? What's their agenda? What's their motive? What's really going on here? We never have to worry about that with the Holy Spirit. I'm exposing all my thoughts this morning, aren't I? That's okay. I'm happy to be transparent and vulnerable. I don't mind. And what an amazing outcome as Philip was so in tune with the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? One more person in God's kingdom. (laughs) That's what it's all about, right? We're all giving our hearts to Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment. And I hope you take up that opportunity. If you're listening online, I hope today is your day. That's what it's about. We're all in God's kingdom and it's just bringing people with us. Hey, why don't you come too? 
advancing God's kingdom with the message of Jesus Christ. Imagine if we all slowed down long enough to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Imagine the miracles we could see as a church. How amazing would that be? The abundant life we would experience together. And my prayer and hope is that we would deliberately and intentionally listen for the Holy Spirit. You know, at first it's a big effort. You know, as you're, trying, as you're practicing this, it is a big effort. But as you keep doing it, it becomes more and more natural. You know, Jesus was constantly led by the Spirit. He had to die to the flesh too. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Other times he said, I only speak what the Father tells me. Other times he says, I can't do that because it's not my time yet. He was so in tune with the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit of God, by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to encourage you this morning, let's do that too. Let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Let him be a friend to you. Welcome him. Make him he's making himself at home in your heart. Connect with him, engage with him. Be always listening for him as you journey in God in your everyday life and your everyday decisions. Let's be intentional. Let's be deliberate. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to powerfully lead us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for every single person here, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your truth this morning, Father God. Lord, I just pray that you would lead us and guide us, that, that we would allow enough space in our lives to, to hear your voice, your still small voice at times. Go and walk alongside the chariot. Whatever thought you want to whisper to us, whatever it is that you want to say, that we wouldn't be so busy and distracted that we don't have time for you, that we would allow space in our lives for you, to be led by you, that would hear your voice and not only hear your voice, but then choose to be obedient to that instruction and we thank you that your ways are always better we thank you for that I just pray for the strength and power to continue to die to self that we lay down the flesh and be led by your spirit we thank you for who you are Father God just with our eyes closed I said we'll give anybody here an opportunity or for those that are listening online an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that is you this morning, if you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today is your day. The first step in your journey with God. It's a simple prayer and I just ask that you follow after me. If we can follow after me, church. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. Wash me clean. Holy Spirit, come and live in my heart. And today I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic.